Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Happy Mom, Happy Baby, the podcast. It is the end of series three. Ah, oh, sad times, but we're we're ending the way we started the whole series with the one and only Emma Willis. Hello. Hello, love. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> really, really. This is very weird. Is it? Why? Yeah. Because I know I did what ended up being your first one. Well, it was a pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. And that was the thing. It was a pilot. I didn't really think, you know, I'm like, well, it might not go anywhere. I might not do anything. It's just me and G having a chat. And now all of a sudden, you're the podcast queen. And I am in a very formal... I'm not. It's an informal setting. Yeah. Having what is meant to be an informal chat with one of my best friends that I suddenly feel very formal about. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a... Yeah. With you. 
I guess it does. Although the first time we did this, we were pretending that we were in my kitchen because that was the idea originally yeah. is that we would be in my new kitchen mm. and it would be nice and relaxed. And then we realised actually the idea of being in my kitchen with loads of kids running around wasn't actually that great. No, background noise would yeah. havoc with the microphone. And half conversations. But it would be quite nice to do it in your kitchen. Well we, well, we can have an, get, an, get a different chat, there. just us two, if you like, off mic. Yeah. In my kitchen with some tea. I feel like whenever I'm in your kitchen, I find out that you're pregnant. <laughs> it's very true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I am very pregnant right now. Yes, you are. Very, very come pregnant. Come on, baby. I'm ready for you to come out. <laughs> well, I feel like couch. I am in really safe hands if that were to happen. Because you've just trained to be, let me get this right... A maternal care assistant? Maternity care assistant. There we go. Yes. So, you know, you know, you said to me the other day, I know how to support. And I thought, oh, <laughs> you. And you said, I know how to support your perineum. And I thought, well, that's a friend right there. That there is why you're my bestie. I do. I mean, I um, that's not part of your MCA training. Oh, is well, it let not? Let me just put it out there. <laughs> I've watched quite a lot now. Yeah. I've seen quite a few births and I have seen the perineum support in action. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, if we were to be caught short yeah. and this baby were to come very quickly, yeah. then I would know how to support your perineum. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how Tom would feel about that. But... <laughs> Just like the way that you're looking at I know. <laughs> right now, Emma. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but this is all for a show. Maybe we took weird to a whole new level. <laughs> This is all for a show. Emma Willis delivering babies. Let me just say, I'm not actually delivering babies because I'm not qualified to do that and I would never do that. And a hospital would never let me do that. But I've always wanted to witness the delivering of babies. Why? And for me to be able to do that, a way of getting into that situation and seeing it and witnessing it was to train as an MCA. So the whole programme is there because you wanted to get into the delivery room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for me, I never thought about delivering babies mm. before that or wanting to really witness it. I always thought I would work in a hospital because the body and blood and cavities in the body, operations. Your mum works in a hospital, worked in a hospital. Yes, for almost 40 years. So I grew up around it. And then my dad worked in a hospital for probably 20 of those years as well. And it's just been a big part of my life, really. But it was, it was always what I thought I would do when I was at school. It was what I thought my path in life would be. So, um, And then I ended up doing this bizarre thing. And it was just so far away from the reality that I live now. Yeah. But it was... Even though I wanted to work in a hospital, it was never maternity-based. That was never really in my head. I was young. It wasn't mm. like I was thinking about having babies. I think it was more A&E and that type of stuff. Right. But then as soon as I had a baby, I realised what midwives do and how much they literally just help and support you through the most remarkable moment of your life and sometimes the most traumatic moment in your mm. life and the most vulnerable for some people as well, especially with the first one. It's a big old shock, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) To the system, to the mind, to your life. And seeing your body do that stuff as well. Yeah, and feeling out of control, Mm. you know, and they are in control of everything and they guide you through it. And I just had this kind of newfound respect. And I suppose I was a bit more enlightened as to what they actually do. Yeah. 
And that was when I was like, wow, how incredible to witness. You know, it's a privilege, really, to witness life coming into the world. Mm. So it was then that I was like, oh, God, I'd love to see what's happening down there. Not with myself right now, because <laughs> apparently that's not looking so good. <laughs> but um, to witness other people going through it. Isabel's nine now, so it's taken nine years. <laughs> but I did it! So before having Isabel, before, what were your thoughts about labour and giving birth? <clears throat> when so I was when... pregnant, I like to be fully informed of every possible scenario. <laughs> I am a realist, not a pessimist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Borderline it's all, pessimist. it's all in the wording. So I watched as much as humanly possible to prepare my brain for every eventuality. Do you think that helped you? Yeah, it did, because I'm that type of person. Mm. You know, I love rainbows and unicorns. Like, that's brilliant. (laughs) But I also like to know about thunderstorms and tornadoes. That's a really good way (laughs) to look at it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just good to be prepared. But when the time came, it didn't matter how much preparation or knowledge I tried to instill in myself because you never know what's going to happen you can't really and prepare can you, you can't you prepare happen. and once you're in the throes of it depending on it's not great for anyone really is it labor because it's just painful you just kind of go with it mm. and you forget about all the things that you might have watched and learned and you're just in this situation that's happening to yourself at that present moment in time how was your labor so with me this sounds like a lie. This sounds like I'm just trying to self-promote anything I work on. But I swear to you, we had been out. It was my due date and it was June and Big Brother was on. And I didn't work on it at the time, but I was a massive fan. And I would missed that night's episode. So I got in the house, put it on, got on my yoga ball and Matt got me a pint of pineapple juice because apparently all that works. (laughs) And I was bouncing, drinking pineapple juice, watching Big Brother, and I felt a trickle. Really? Yeah. I just felt that plug move, and I was like, oh, what's that? And I got off the yoga ball, and I ran to the downstairs toilet, and it just started trickling. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, this is it. It's happening. So that was my due date, but it was about 11.30 at night, and that was it. They went. But then, because it's the first time, what what happens now? Do I go to hospital now? Do I wait? So we called the hospital and they said, well, listen, until you stop being in pain, we would advise you, take a couple of paracetamol, go sleep, Mm. get as much sleep as you can. So I did, and about seven o'clock in the morning. Did you get some sleep? Yeah, because nothing was happening. I put a little sheet on the bed. (laughs) And then at about seven o'clock, I woke up to quite full-on period pains. I was like, oh, okay something's happening. Um, (laughs) Which always feels like quite an exciting, terrifying moment, doesn't it? Yeah, but also because it's the first time you're like, oh my God, this is it, this is labour. This is what it feels like. Better go to the hospital and you get there and they examine you and they're like, nope, nothing's happening yet. You're like, what? What? (laughs) This is nothing. (laughs) This is nothing. (gasps) Great. Did you have to walk around Regent's Park for ages? We waited. Seven o'clock came. I woke up with cramps. We spoke to the hospital. They said, you know, they need to be really bad. So we waited probably for about an hour and a half and they started to get quite intense. I was kind of on the sofa on all fours and I was like, this is is quite bad. I had a row with somebody in a car on my way to the hospital. (laughs) Just getting the emotion out? Well, no. Oh, God, it fills me with rage just thinking about it. What did they do? (sighs) 
So we were driving through North London's a lot of speed bumps, right? Yeah. At this point, we had traded in my little mini <laughs> and we were waiting for like a family car. So nice. we had a hire car at the time. Okay. And my waters may have gone the night before, but I had a lot of water and it just kept on coming. So right. I'm in the passenger seat of a hire car with incontinent sheets all over it. <laughs> yeah. Because the water, I was just literally like a dam like <laughs> it just kept going and I was really uncomfortable so I got onto my knees on the back seat Matt had kind of planned the route obviously for quite a while before and we were driving through Camden and there was loads of speed bumps around the back didn't plan the route very well well it was early Saturday morning about 8 8:30, so yeah. it was empty really yeah. there was there was no one around but there was a man in a van behind us and he was trying to not go fast over the bumps because there was kind of no other way to go really and this bloke just kept honking his horn and honking his horn and I don't know if he knew that I was on the back seat but I was literally watching him and he was doing all these hand gestures to Matt and I was (laughs) in labour just got to some traffic lights and he's screaming screaming at Matt and all these gestures and everything. So I opened the car door and I got out and using a, a very well-known swear word that begins with F, oh, okay. shouted that I was in labour and you have never seen somebody's jaw hit the floor really? quite so much. And he took the first left that he could have. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt was literally going, get in the car! No! I mean, it's just a person that you wouldn't. For you as well, in that moment to get a bit of a out. I kind of released a little bit of tension. That was just on the way. Nothing had even happened yet. (laughs) It sounds eventful. It sounds eventful already. It was. And then we got there and they're like, oh, you're only one centimetre. Devastated. So we went for some breakfast across the road and they told me to go for a walk around the park. Was it a nice romantic walk? No, it was a. <laughs> oh, oh, Matt! How can it really? Get, can it really get much worse than this? Surely, surely, it's got. I've got to be ready now. Oh my god! Oh my god! What's going on? What do you mean? I'm only two centimeters. <laughs> how many times did you go back to the hospital? Probably by midday, we were in there, okay. and we kind of stayed in there, and we waited. But then it just slowed down right. and almost disappeared really yeah so it was one of those and then time was ticking and ticking and ticking and it was cracking on with how long my waters had, mm. had been broken for and they obviously can't leave it too long so come eight o'clock that night they'd kind of got me back up to fully dilated and I was pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for quite a while and things were happening but then all of a sudden her heartbeat started to dip right. and people started to get concerned. So they said, we're going to prep you for theatre because we might have to do an emergency section because baby's getting distressed. But we would love you to deliver this baby yourself. Mm. And at that point, they'd given me a spinal because we were going into theatre and I was just puking and all over the place. It had been a long time and, and I got into theatre and I didn't end up having a section an emergency section, but I did have an assisted delivery, which by the time they had pulled her out, I was pretty, like, happy and out of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't feel a thing, and I was like, oh, look at her, she's wonderful. And my mum was with me, fortunately, and Matt was with me, and I, I kind of knew that even when people were seeming concerned that her heartbeat was dropping I knew that because my mum had been in so many situations because she'd worked on labour ward for a long time 
I only really needed to worry if she looked worried. Yeah. And she seemed pretty calm and composed, so I just kind of went with it. And that was kind of my birth experience. But it's the aftermath that was really quite difficult for me because I had so much trauma, which I didn't realise at the time because I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. You're kind of in that euphoria of being a mum and you're all together in that kind of wonderful time frame and thankfully you're numb and you can't <laughs> feel what's actually happened. But it was when those drugs wore off that you really realise what's happened to your body. And I remember Matt saying to me quite a while afterwards, I was like, oh, it wasn't that bad, was it? And he said, I never said anything at the time, but it was like a bloodbath. Mm. I was just like that. <gasps> Thank God you've told me years after because I don't know how much you would have kind of mentally scarred me at the time. But Emotionally, how, how, how <clears throat> did you feel at the time straight away after looking back at it and how has that changed over... I think I suppose, because I'd not had a baby before and I didn't know any different, I thought maybe that's not the norm because you know that it can be easier Mm. than that. But things like that happen all the time. And some people have worse trauma than what I had, do you know what I mean? Mm. So... It's different for everybody. So it's so you. No, I know. Because you you said that the first time you came on, you know, I know this situation's bad, but some people have it far worse. So I can't really complain about what. But I'm a realist. That's what I said at the beginning of the chat. Um, So, you know, some people tear from front to back, and I cannot imagine what that's like. I had quite a bit of trauma, and it was probably a good 12 weeks before I could sit down properly without feeling relatively back to normal. Mm. So I think at the time I just accepted it for being childbirth and the implications that can happen with childbirth, you just don't know. Because I'd educated myself for every possible Mm. scenario, I just kind of let it happen. And, And then it wasn't until I did this show that I think it may have played with my brain a bit more than I thought because I passed out in theatre. What happened? I felt like such a failure. I'd been in the hospital for a good few weeks and I'd been in theatre quite a bit watching sections and... And you I've were had... doing stuff that you you know that weren't wasn't even being filmed. You were just yeah, making the so, most of being yeah, there and the totally. Most of the so so we can only film with women that give consent but not every woman is going to do that and didn't do that. Mm. But I was working full-time shift work, so when we weren't filming, I was working. So if I'm shadowing whoever's running in theatre, then that is my job for the day. So there was a woman that that needed a repair, and it was something I hadn't seen, and I wanted to see as much as I could every aspect of that job. So when they asked me if I wanted to go in theatre, I was like, yeah, totally, you know. I think for me as well... I wanted to see it because then I would know semi what happened to me. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I went in there and and it was like, oh, yeah, oh, wow, gosh. Yeah, that's pretty full on. And all of a sudden I just started feeling like I couldn't breathe properly or or I wasn't breathing properly probably because of how anxious I was. flashbacks or things like that? I didn't really have flashbacks, but I couldn't stop looking. Mm. And I think... Whilst I was looking, I was probably thinking, wow, that's probably similar to what happened Mm. to me. (laughs) No wonder, Matt. (laughs) Tell me what you told me. And it was during the heat wave, so I was like, oh, it's very hot today. Maybe I haven't eaten enough. Maybe I haven't drank enough and I just don't feel great. But apparently the air conditioning was on in theatre and everything was hunky-dory. And before I knew it, 
I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to pass out, I'm going to faint. And I just hit the deck, walked out the back door just in time and I dropped. It would be easy to go, it was the heat, it was the long hours, it was this, that and the other. And I'm sure they probably did play a part in it, but I do think it was what I saw. And mm. it was that subconscious part of my brain that made me hit the deck. Mm. They put me in a bed, I had to have an ECG, I had to have my bloods <laughs> done, I had to go to A&E. They wrote me up on the board. <laughs> I hold on. Surely this is a little bit dramatic. And we weren't even filming. <laughs> this is not even drama for the show. This, yeah. was, um, this was real. So I, I do think it was partially because I saw myself. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Emotionally, did certain parts of filming the show and, and doing your training, did it get to you? A hundred percent. I think I cried a lot, but it, it wasn't through kind of any of the bad experiences or anything bad that happened it was just watching a couple become three or welcome their second so they become four do you know what I mean it was that kind of unity of how you feel immediately after you give birth and even if it's 10 people in the room sometimes it feels like it's just the three of them yeah and to be that person that is is allowed to be present and watch and witness something that is so absolutely phenomenal and see what a woman goes through. And the dads, watching the dads is the thing that gets me because you can kind of see them, you know, laughing and joking and trying to make them feel relaxed or help or support. But you can just see that they're going, I am utterly useless right now <laughs> and I just want to be able to do something and then the minute that baby comes and the look of just pure love on their face it was an absolute honour to be there so I cried a lot at things like that yeah. it was just brilliant but there were things like part of our role is to do breastfeeding support and that was something that I really really wanted to get on board with because I struggled so much with it so I'm not very good at doing my own hair, right? But if I could take my head off, I think I'd be pretty good okay. at blow drying, Yeah. right? I was never very good at breastfeeding myself, but I know the principle, so I think I'd be really good at helping. So that is something I really enjoyed, maybe because I felt like I was a bit of a failure at it myself. I want well, to give the, them the, as much support as possible. Yeah. The last time you were on, actually, that's the thing that got you really emotional. Yeah. It's talking about breastfeeding and yeah. how 
You know, you yeah. felt like you were failing. Yeah, but also that I don't know whether I said this last time when I had my second child, Ace, I had a lot of breastfeeding support with him and and we talked about the first delivery and everything and they said, I'm not surprised that you didn't have a high milk supply because your body's too busy healing itself yeah. to probably be doing what it should be doing in that scenario. So I took a little bit of comfort from that, I think. Mm. But Having had that comfort from health professionals, do you think it really played a role in how you were with... Yeah, totally. I think that you can only go on your own experiences, can't you? And I think that's... When I walked into the hospital, I felt quite out of place, obviously. And you never know how people are going to take to having a film crew there. Yeah. And, you know, some chick rocking up who thinks she can do it just because she works on telly and she's got the <laughs> chance to do it. They might think, who are you? What are you doing here? Get out, sort of thing. So I was quite insecure and self-conscious, but they were all so welcoming. But I did feel like, you know, I may be a fish out of water but the one thing I am is a mum of three yeah. so I've been through what all of these women are going through and if I can just give them one little bit of support with one little thing whilst they're here for however long they're here for then I'll feel like I've contributed in some way. It's those little things though isn't it? Yeah I walked in one morning and this the buzzer was going I think she'd come in during the night when I'd been at home and I came on shift the next morning and the buzzer was going and I kind of walked in and I was like, do you want me to, should I get that buzzer? And they're like, yeah, if you don't mind. So I went to the room and I thought she said, I feel really sick. And I was like, oh, do you, should I get you a thing? And they were like, oh no, she's been sick. And oh. there was this pot and it was just full. Right. like that. <laughs> Give it to me, I'll take it. And if, it's the, if that's the one thing I can do for this woman while she's here, like, I mean, I'll do as much as I can, but if my sole thing is to help you with your puke, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you, every bathroom I tried to chuck it down was busy. <laughs> so I just ended up carrying sick for, like, five minutes. Everyone was like, Emma, what are you doing? I was just trying to find somewhere to get rid of it. It must have been really emotionally charged. Yeah, it was. It was every emotion. You know, it was fun. It was sad. It was overwhelming. It was emotional in like a positive way. It was everything. And and it was everything I wanted it to be as well. Mm. I know I'm in a, in a privileged position that for me, it's very easy to say it was amazing. I lived and breathed that job, but I lived and breathed that job for three months. Yeah. And other people live and breathe it their whole lives. And I suppose when you're doing it, job day in day out then it, it's very different I have a small window of opportunity to experience somebody else's work life and I loved every second of it but it's not my job day in day out mm. so it's very easy for me to love it and say I could do it I could do it every single day we all get sick of our jobs at some point even if we love our jobs yeah. so but just to be able to kind of have a window into the world I thought I would have was amazing talk us through the sad times the one thing we talked about a lot and the one thing I heard a lot was everybody thinks I'm pregnant, mm. I'm going to have a baby and it's all going to be wonderful. But until you work in a situation like that, you don't realise how many times it goes wrong yeah. or how close it can come to going wrong during labour and the complications that come with labour and birth as well. We would all love that perfect water birth that happens in two hours <laughs> and even the people who have had uncomplicated pregnancies that go onto the birthing unit and it's all going lovely suddenly one thing could happen 
and all of a sudden you're in theatre having an emergency section and your baby's out in 60 seconds because it's that close. And when things like that happen, they happen so quick that you don't really have time to get sad. you just got to move. But then you have to do bereavement training and because you never know what's going to happen and there are numerous people that come in who have losses and there's a dedicated room for the people that come in when they're in that situation. If that buzzer goes and you're the person on call and you've got to go to the room, you have to know how to deal with it. So they train you in all things to do with bereavement and that was the hardest thing because Mm -hmm. nobody ever wants to think of a pregnancy that doesn't result in joy yeah so that was that was really hard and the mca who i worked a lot with her name is val and she has been at the hospital for like 21 years and she does a lot they do these big bereavement days once or twice a year at the hospital for training purposes and for people who have been in that situation everybody can kind of get together and she's a speaker at it because it happened to her when she was about 20 or 21 Mm. I think so she has been through it and has also obviously worked there for a long time so she is somebody who's really well educated in every way shape and form so she told me her story as well and that was I got really close to her and that was hard to hear yeah but then you kind of see her and how she dealt with what happened to her and then now how she tries to help other people and that is the positive she takes from it. How many times did you cry though, happy to? <laughs> it's a weird one as well because you kind of think, oh, I'm doing this show, I'm going to see loads of babies. And I think in the 10 or 12 weeks we are on the ward, we only had 18 oh, births. Oh, really? Yeah, or 18 consenting yeah. births. And I did full-time shifts, so I was there four days a week and I was only in six. Wow. So there's me thinking I'm going to witness hundreds of births. (laughs) And I walk away with six under my belt. But, you know, six more than I'd witnessed before. (laughs) Uh, How has it changed uh, your thoughts on midwifery and midwives and the NHS and everything like that? It hasn't changed my thoughts on on any of it, really, because... You already thought it was pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I've grown up around the NHS and I know how wonderful it is and... I've been a patient in the NHS and I've seen my parents work for the NHS and I've had midwives help me with deliveries and now I've seen firsthand what they do, the hours they work and how it is a relentless, often thankless task. Mm. But for the people on the receiving end of the care they are giving, they are angels, you know, and I didn't meet one family in the whole time I was in the hospital that wasn't bowled over and eternally grateful to the care they got from the midwives, from the MCAs, from the domestics, from anybody that was around that unit because it was just second to none. Like, they were amazing. What about your thoughts on the female body? The female body is the best thing ever created. (laughs) Seriously. You kind of... Oh, my God, just to watch what it does... You couldn't invent something like it, right? Scientists are amazing, but they could not create anything as phenomenal as the female body. 
sperm, whatever. <laughs> We'd find something like it. How it works, how it repairs, how it produces, how it continues to give life with feeding. It's just amazing. And the other thing about midwives is, and I suppose, again, you're kind of in that situation in having a baby, but you're so either in your own head or absolutely out of it that maybe you don't take everything in. Yep. And being able to kind of stand on the periphery and watch exactly what's happening and watch a midwife kind of going, yeah, I've just realised people can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> so touching a belly and watching a belly is better than any machine that they can put on a belly to monitor contractions because sometimes that little pad that's strapped to your stomach slips. Yeah. But they can monitor and feel and time everything and they know when to tell you to start pushing just by touching you. Like, what? <laughs> You're frazzling my brain right now. <gasps> they're just, they're incredible women. Mm. Like, incredible do you feel like now? Now you're gonna like you're going into promo, obviously, for the show. And uh, do you feel like you are missing it? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I I've seen a few of the episodes now, and you know it was kind of nice to have a little summer holiday. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder what they're all doing. So um, Val, who's like my pal Val, she's a massive Big Brother fan. So. I called her up the other day and I said, do you want to come to the launch, Val? And she went, oh, can I? Can I bring my daughter? I said, of course you can. <laughs> so she came and we text each other no. quite often. I sent her a little screenshot of a picture of me and her on the telly together last night. And then she went, oh, I was in London the other day and I saw a shop called Emma Willis. Is it yours? <laughs> so I don't know. It's, you know, you kind of, I suppose when you work in, in telly, you, you know, there are so many shows that you kind of go on and you spend this intense amount of period of time with people and... You know, you're all consumed by this job that you're doing together and you think everybody's going to stay friends for life. And even though you come, you know, you still are in contact with these people and you, thanks to social media, you feel like you're you're involved yeah. in their life still because you see what they're doing. Sometimes you don't stay in touch the way that you think you're going to. And I made such good friends and was so welcomed by such a brilliant bunch of people that I was a bit like, is this going to be like other jobs where you just don't see people again? Like, what's going to happen? But I've stayed in touch with a few of them and I wonder, I'm like, I wonder if they'll just let me in. <laughs> I don't think my pass works anymore, though. <laughs> I think it's that thing, though, when you're dealing with life, the arrival of life, Yeah, there's not much bigger than that. There isn't, and that's what I mean. It's a privilege and an honour that mm. somebody has let you into the most intimate moment of their life when they are vulnerable in pain, crawling the walls quite possibly, and they could easily go, get out! Mm. And they just went, yep, yeah, come on. <laughs> Everything's hanging out and I don't mind you watching. You're just like, oh my God, wonderful, wonderful women. And also the, the midwives that work there, they've never been on camera before they you know yeah. and that can be a daunting prospect yet every single one of them was like yep okay I'll let you put that camera in my face when I'm delivering a baby I mean talk about pressure I feel pressure with a camera in my face doing a job on telly that I do all the time yeah. let alone bringing life into the world and somebody watching you yeah and projecting it on a telly mm -hmm. for thousands of other people to watch you that takes balls it takes vaginas. <laughs> it takes vaginas. Yeah, it takes <laughs> boobs. It takes boobs to do that. 
And having now done the show and experienced the life that comes into the world and in many different ways and seen so much, you were saying earlier about your birth with Isabel and how you felt like in some ways that you'd kind of failed. Does it make you think differently? Well, I think because my delivery with Isabel was brutal... I was terrified with my second, so I opted for a section. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely adamant, even though my doctor said to me, look, what happened was full on, and yeah. I don't blame you for wanting that. I totally understand. But it's not going to be the same again, necessarily, and it's your second baby. It'll be Your body's used to it. It's prepared for it. It's done it before. It will be much easier but I understand why your head is just like, hell no, am I going to let that happen to myself again? So I had two sections with my other babies. And in my experience of giving birth naturally and having a planned cesarean, the cesarean was easier for me to deal with Mm -hmm. and I recovered a lot quicker than I did. So I I was... you also had a majorly... But you've also your traumatic birth. Yes. And it's invasive if you've got all that stuff going on. Yeah. So it's not like you're saying have a C section because that's easier. You had a traumatic birth. I did, yeah. But then you're having like major abdominal surgery. Exactly. So neither of them are no. preferable, really. No. But you've got to go through one of them to get the joy that we get at the end yeah. of it. But even though I I had a natural with Isabel and then my other two were sections, having been in that situation and seeing the various ways that people can give birth, the mm. things that can go wrong, part of me wishes I had tried with my second to have a, a, yeah. a natural birth. But, you know, you can't change what you've done. We can't go back in time, Emma. We can't go back in time because, you know what, maybe the same thing would have happened again. Yeah. So I have tailored the last three sentences for you. Being a midwife means... I would imagine... Can I put that at the beginning of the sentence? Yeah. I would imagine that being a midwife means pure job satisfaction. Nice. I guess it's that care, isn't it, the most important part of someone's life. There was a couple of things that stuck with me, little phrases that I heard, but it's like you've got to love women. If you're a feminist, this is the perfect job for you. Like It's women supporting women yeah. when they really, really need it. Yeah. And if you feel like you're that person, go and do a job around women when they need a woman the most. That's not saying that men can't do it. It'd be lovely to see more men um, involved mm. in it, but it's one woman to another. If you've had a baby, understanding what they're going through... But even if you haven't had a baby, knowing that that's what your body's made for. And you're also learning something as well about your own body that may not have gone there yet or done that. So, oh, it's amazing. Since being a maternity care assistant, I... have learned how to take blood. And finally, I'm happy when... I'm with my family. See, I didn't need to think about that one. No, that's easy. Yeah. And Willis, thank you for coming on again. What? All with you. Oh. Giving birth. <laughs> Willing it to happen. <laughs> Thanks for coming on again. Thank you.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.